0: Bijou Podcasts.
1: This is episode 21 of the Stacey June Show. My guest today is Geraldine Gallagher, my very own kinesiologist. Welcome back everyone, I feel like I haven't chatted to you guys in ages. How is everybody? Thank you so much for those of you that have been listening to the show or shows that we've been dropping uh, with the Bijou Network across Easter and the break. Uh, it's so nice to have the company of a podcast on a road trip. Ben and I certainly uh, were very, um, very into our podcast when we were driving from Sydney to Dalesford. I am a Melbourne born and bred girl, but I live in Sydney and I was getting a bit itchy. I needed to see some of my loved ones and Dalesford is one of those funny places that that connects me to nature in an instant. It's just got this beautiful way of really experiencing the seasons. And in Sydney, you don't get those beautiful tree changes. Well, not in the area that I live that you get in places like Dalesford. So once I got there, it was such a beautiful process to drive through all of the country towns and watch physically, like see the leaves falling from the trees. And it's just been such an incredible uh, year and a bit for me. And this process of letting go, it really felt like I was purely connected with this tree that I in particular am thinking of. And often I think we forget that we are a part of the earth. So, you know, really, Eckhart Toll talks to this a lot where if you took off all the labels of things, i.e., I we're human, that's a tree, uh, we just started to see ourselves as similar beings and and um and people or uh or just breathing kind of entities on this earth living entities on this earth it would be interesting to see if we would really pay as little attention to things like nature that we do because when you think about letting go i don't know about you but i'm very very linked to the season. So as and that's why I do the the coaching sessions that I do at the beginning of each season because I think that there's something really innate in us that works with the way the seasons work. And autumn is all about shedding, letting go, getting ready to plant new seeds in winter and making sure that we've let go of all the things that don't serve us and really give us the opportunity to clean our lives out and and really freshen up again, and it's it's a cycle, you know. If we hang on to things that don't serve us, we hang on to things because we're scared of letting go of them. We can't grow a fresh new flower um, come spring and summer. So it was really nice to experience those seasons. I came back. I was in an acupuncture appointment only a few hours ago, and I've worked very hard on really healing some adrenal fatigue in my body. And um, and it was really nice to to hear that my pulse is at a very strong. Uh, a very strong reading today. And that's taken me a really long time to get there. And I I don't know, obviously, it can't be just one week down in autumn, but that holiday and just having some rest, I really do think we we underrate how powerful it is to properly take it easy and just have a bit of a a holiday. I want to talk about my guest today. Uh, Geraldine Gallagher is my very own kinesiologist. Now, uh, I will let her explain a little bit more about kinesiology and really what is behind the craft that I have um, have found has changed my life over the course of probably 10 years. I haven't always practiced with Geraldine, um, but when I did start to see a woman by the name of Deborah Beers, who is a friend of Geraldine's and also a kinesiologist that I've used in the past... Uh, she recommended Geraldine for a particular type of um, issue I was having. And I went to see Geraldine and instantly I loved her. Her uh, no bullshit approach is kind of addictive. I really, really respect and admire and rate anybody that gives me information straight. And it's still very warm and giving and loving, um, but there is something really, I think, important about an approach um when you're working with healers or people that are there to help you, that they also are strong enough in their craft and their skill set that they can communicate very clearly and concisely to you. And I always walk out of my sessions with Geraldine not feeling like I have more questions. And that's, I think, a really important thing as a practitioner or somebody that practices um, a different modality. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about her. So as I've said, she's a Sydney kinesiologist practitioner, and she's also an instructor of kinesiology kinesiology programs. Um, she's done this in Australia and overseas. She's explored many modalities and now teaches neurotraining programs, mentor practitioners, and has presented conference papers in Australia, Italy, Belgium, England and Ireland. She has studied homeopathy and is um, it, and practices that, so I will often walk away with a little, little um, container of drops. Uh, she has authored two successful programs, which I didn't know about until I did some research into her, um, on creative nutrition and essence of change. It's such an interesting chat with Geraldine. I don't think this is something she's very used to doing, and she was very conscious of that, um, but it was so fascinating to hear about how she got into kinesiology, and 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 really spoke about how it was just not ever covered. It wasn't done. It wasn't. It wasn't something that was the norm. But like many of us, she found an interest. She found a bit of a spark. She found something that she wanted to keep investigating. And. And with kinesiology, you'll soon come to learn, if you haven't already practiced or aren't familiar um, with this particular modality, it is that it's just this incredible way for you to dig within yourself. Often you'll think about a problem in your life where you'll go, oh, that's really giving me the shits or it's making me feel so uneasy. But in your heart of hearts, you'll know that that particular problem and that instance in that moment often isn't really what has bugged you, but you don't know what has. And it's interesting because kinesiology really um, allows you to unlock layers of different parts of your life and heal them, let them go. And sometimes you don't, even need to actually address them the pro- the process is so fulfilling and so releasing that You don't always actually need to be um, conscious about what you are releasing, which is kind of pretty cool if you think about it. I'm going to stop talking about kinesiology now because I want Geraldine to explain it to you in full. Um, If you've got any questions or you're interested in learning more, please let me know. Um, And you can find more information about Geraldine or book her for yourself uh, at essenceofchange.com. Okay, I hope you enjoy this chat. I really enjoy bringing different uh, therapies, I suppose I would call it, that I've used and think so highly of that have really changed my life and been able to allow me to let go of lessons and experiences and exchanges and and things that have happened to me in my life that I probably can't even remember that we hold in our body. And it's been such a remarkable I guess tool to be able to really, really continue to try and have a clean slate when it comes to my life and, and being able to attract and believe that I'm able to do everything and anything I set my mind to because I'm able to let go of things that don't serve me and things that I didn't necessarily teach myself. So it is incredibly inspiring to hear from her and I do totally recommend that you get amongst it and go and see your own kinesiologist. It is life-changing. Please enjoy my I chat with my very own kinesiologist Geraldine. I love it how you're thinking about the audio. Are, are you because you...
2: this is an audio.
1: Yeah but it's but it's not anything you need to worry about. You just need to worry about your expertise. And then that will shine through
2: right? Oh sure. Hmm. <laughs>
1: The audio part of making it sound at least a little bit varied or conversational is my job. Good. So now you're in my world. So when I walk into Geraldine's home, I'm in her world. She's the boss. That's true. <laughs> and now she's walked into my world and she's still trying to be the boss. It's but true, you are the bet. boss. But in our relationship or in our, um, when we work together or we, I have a consult with you, I think you'll still forever be the boss. Even if you are in my home. Like you, you have the boss energy of this relationship.
2: That's a perception of yours. Is it? Yeah. It's not mine today. You are definitely in control today. Mm,
1: mm. But I think it's also, it's not a, it maybe boss I mean, it's, it's admiration. It comes from a...
2: But that's mutual.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
2: Because I admire all the clients that come in. Because mm. they're all special. They all have their own story, their own life. Mm. And they come into the strange world in my clinic that they don't understand or it's not familiar.
1: How does it feel to do a job that's hard to explain to someone? Or have you got that down pat?
2: Um, perhaps not down pat. I do explain it, first of all I explain to you I just love what I do Mm. because it's not just about helping people but it's allowing people to sort their own lives out. Um, So you Mm. calm down the stresses and point them in a few directions and then they take one of them and then they explore for themselves when they may have had some fear about doing that. And every time I work with someone, whether it's the same client coming back month after month or just totally new ones, it's all the same. It's just, what's the stress? What are your symptoms? What do you want to do? And let's see if we can get your mind, your nervous system, your brain to tell us how to do that.
1: How do you, how do you correlate that? If you're at a dinner party and someone says to you, so, Geraldine, what is it that you do? Do you have like a sentence that rolls up? Because I'm fascinated by this. I feel like I find it hard enough to bloody explain what kinesiology <laughs> is, and I go once a month. I don't do it for a, like, as a living.
2: The dinner party, I say, we just use the systems in the body to identify stresses and find some solutions. And that can be around work, around relationships, or food imbalances. Mm work a lot with food and digestion and it all relates back to how emotionally they feel about it and what thoughts they have about it.
1: So kinesiology backs the understanding that your emotions create your physical.
2: No the physical symptom is part of and associated with an emotional reaction. Right. As well as a belief system which is you
1: thinking.
2: Right. So people like Joe Dispenza said change your thinking, change your life. Mm. A lot of people do. I you do you believe too. that? Yeah. True, yeah. yeah.
1: And, but that's not that easy.
2: No. It's a, like a stage people have to go through. You can't just say, I've had this problem for 20 years and then expect one session to be totally free of it. There are layers of um, relationships between you and the issue that you have to address. Some you don't have to find, some you'll find and correct it, and once that's done, the brain says, oh, there's a similar one over here, I know how to fix that now in the brain, and the nervous system corrects it for itself. It corrects it automatically. That's, That's right. so
1: clever. I find the body, yeah, incredibly fascinating, but I have got that, that interest and that, I suppose, entry level of understanding of the way our system works from kinesiology or just going to appointments.
2: Mm-hmm. Where
1: did the interest start for you?
2: Um, many years ago. Well, it started about 34 years ago now. And a friend of our family said, oh, I think you should go and listen to this guy talk about nutrition. And what we didn't know at the time, that it was more an introduction course to a metaphysical course. Right. Um, This man, Glyn Braddy, um, he was an architect who'd done a lot of other personal study. And he said, if you don't take responsibility for your own health... Um, you'll never be able to control it Mm. effectively learn to test yourself learn to test your own nervous system your own brain functions your own thinking your own emotions as to what foods you should be eating Mm. and that opened up a whole Avenue of interest in well you know what food should I be eating because I had hay fever for all of my life and Mm -hmm. it turned out I had to give up milk and dairy Within three months, no more sneezing. Mm. And did you muscle test yourself for that? Yes. Right. I'm getting a bit embarrassed talking about all this old stuff.
1: Are you? Why?
2: Um, Just about my eagerness not knowing what I was getting into.
1: I love that. And I think that's how you learn. Like, I think there's so many people that are listening that are trying to follow lots of things that they might not know the outcome. And I think that's where the inspiration is, is that there was something calling you or some interest level that you felt that wanted to, for you to pursue something that you weren't 100% sure where you were going to land. That's I had your story. no
2: idea what I was getting into, but I really haven't stopped learning for the last 30 years. That's it's so interesting because I think for some things... You know, it's
1: hard. There's, a, you know, back in the day, then there wasn't any form of degree as such of kinesiology. But not, it is. not for
2: the lay person, no. no. No.
1: But it's fascinating because I think so- society really holds that that, I guess, structure on a pedestal. But yet, it's safe to say you would probably have done how many extra courses from say someone goes and does a three year course and then they really don't continue to study. You know, they like for example, mm. they could be you could be doing a course in nutrition, for example, and then you walk away and you kinda of called it. You've just you write about it or you you know, you work on people's diets or you somehow got into I don't know, the health system and you're starting to help people in hospitals, but that was it. That's the only study you have to have. and But yet it's put more on a pedestal of someone that's studied like yourself who then spends the next 30 years of their career and their life continuing to learn more, yet it's not a degree as such.
2: There was no diploma yeah. back then. I was fully functioning as a professional kinesiology practitioner and I could have done extra study and extra workbooks and um, I didn't see the need. It didn't stop people coming to see me. It mm. didn't, would not have really helped the expertise that, of the direction that I went in.
1: Well, I was told that you were the best in the business when it came to the body and finding uh, ways to unlock parts of yourself when for physical elements like physical things that are presenting physical you are the best to be able to that's nice to attract to to kind of work through some of that stuff do kinesiologists have specialties or they find that they do right and would you say that's yours
2: no (laughs) (laughs) it's one of mine i i think that we are a holistic being Mm. We have a body, we have a mind, we have our emotions, and all of this is developed through the spirit of who you are. I don't go into, like, overly spiritual... Religion and stuff. No, not at all. I've been exposed to a few different religious pathways as I was growing up, and none of them really spoke to me that i had to believe everything that was said Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but once i found kinesiology and you can ask the brain and the nervous system you're not asking the body because the body really responds to what the brain understands so you're really questioning what the brain thinks and knows about something Mm. so any symptom whether it's physical or whether it's emotional will have a connection to the brain and to different systems in the body.
1: What's the connection between, I guess, what a lot of people explain as your intuition or your gut or your heart? How does that start to play into kinesiology work?
2: Well, in the work that I do, we look at the cerebral brain and its function, but There's very definite research and science behind the fact that you've got a gut brain and that relates to the microbiome and the environment of what occupies the gut. And most people who have stress in their life will have a gut problem. There's a big connection. And they're talking about the heart being the third brain at the moment. And the heart really is the centre of the chakra system Mm. and it's the bridge between the physical and the mental and spiritual side Mm. people are interested in chakras Mm. the heart is the one that connects physical to the spiritual
1: and do you think that when people talk about following your gut or finding your intuition that that is is the heart physically like working how does that work from an organ perspective versus a spiritual perspective
2: you've got an emotional heart Uh uh-huh as well as a physical heart right you have a physical gut with all the microbes and the the they say that we've only there's only 10% human the rest is um parasites and bugs and Okay, yeah. bacteria and stuff, and these all help to make us healthy, right? So the gut brain also is related to the intuitive brain because people will get a response in their gut first as to how do they survive. Mm-hmm. If you get a shock or you have a major fall, you will. Hold your breath, pull it in, and you'll get upset in the gut first. Then the brain says, oh, right, we're all upset. Yes, now we start to cry and Mm -hmm. scream and carry on. (laughs) (laughs) But everything is linked, and I think kinesiology can undo or connect right links with the right links. You can unlink things that are inappropriate, like a belief system that you're afraid of doing, blah, blah, blah. We, mm-hmm. we really like to unlock that or disconnect from fears because fears will put you into automatic pilot, how do I survive? And if you've had shocks or fallen off the roof or just off your bicycle and scraped your knee as a kid, you get a shock of, I'm hurt, I'm bleeding, I'm sore, Where's mum? You know, you're looking for someone to help to help you survive mm-hmm. the fall.
1: Mm-hmm. And that can then very quickly something that simple, which we would have many of those instances many. across life, can very much then start to build those layers you spoke about earlier at, at a fear, I guess, like fear layers. So then when you think about doing something that you're scared of in life, often... You've got this kind of big onion stack of uh, <laughs> falling off the bike stories, yeah. for example, and so a lot of the work is about layer one off, layer two off, <laughs> layer three off, and you don't always. I mean, as a as a well, I can't call, I don't call myself a patient, but as a somebody client. that a, a client, client but... of kinesiology, you don't have to get to the bottom of the layering stack f- to see the benefits. You can get no. one layer gone and feel incredibly. Empowered, or at least free, or I suppose um, I don't know, clearer on what things are. It might not necessarily be that you're like, "Oh, this feels so easy now," but it's it's it helped me understand actually that's connected to that, and not this instance in front of me, or not this new challenge I'm thinking about doing.
2: That's right. Once you can rationalise that, oh, I know the connection. You can then choose to behave differently around it Mm. and it's all related to context of um, either beliefs values um, suppressed expression is another one a lot of people don't like to express who they are or talk about themselves Mm. you get your introverts you get your extroverts but why are they that way some people are extroverts because they're trying to protect who they are and therefore they put a persona out there other people are quiet as a child i didn't say much but um i just looked and listened and later on it's difficult to keep me quiet sometimes yes. <laughs>
1: So when, um, I want to go back, I've got a couple of questions off that. The first one I wanted to expand a little bit more on for people listening is the metaphysical and the understanding or the meanings around what metaphysical means and what we can learn about ourselves by understanding more about metaphysics.
2: Well, basically metaphysics just means larger than, greater than the physical. So it means something beyond the physical. And we all wonder you know where we came from and whether in some journals they'll talk about a higher self um other people will talk about spirit other people will talk about soul it's just a concept that there's something beyond the physical body i say and the divine divine yes that's a good one i like divine i, I think
1: we are probably brainstorm that together <laughs>
2: And we may have. It doesn't matter what words you choose. Just something will resonate with you that I'm not just the body. I am a being that has some reason to be here. Mm. Now, we're part of the human race. We've got a larger brain. We're not, you know, dogs or cats or... Trees. Trees or lizards, yeah. So um, why are we human? And there's a whole lot of questions that could be asked which may not, you know, be answered, even if you ask them. But at some level, you have to understand that you have a purpose here. There is a way that people can express who they are. Mm. Now, mm. I do it simply by working with with different clients that come in. Sometimes they don't like me saying, you've got to give up weight. <laughs>
1: You say you have to give up a lot of things. I do. Geraldine is <clears throat> she's not mucking around. You want to see Geraldine, you're ready to do the work. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get a rude, rude shock. <laughs> Which is, I think it's brilliant, because I'm a person that wants to do the work and I like people that hold me accountable. It's not always easy to hold characters like me accountable.
2: Well, it's not easy for me to tell people to give up certain foods that they've eaten their whole life Mm. but if you keep up with the latest research which I'm always on the internet and I love my computer and I love researching um, and then I can work out why someone has a constant headache or a constant backache
1: but what's that got to do with metaphysics
2: well the physical body is expressing some problem with the divine
1: really so it goes the divine is telling big. you
2: right if you've got a pain stop and listen what's it there for you got to find out where it's coming from what behavior what beliefs and what emotions are attached to the pain and then it's easy mm. so it's not necessarily the body
1: shooting out those it's the gut signs the intuition that hooks to something greater
2: not the body it's the body will represent um or give you notice because of a pain it'll give you a pain or a joint ache or a bruise or a a hunger or no hunger Mm -hmm. it'll give you a symptom and you can't just say oh well if you're hungry eat what is it hungry for I think Deepak Chopra's got a book called "What Are You Hungry For" or "Why Why Are You Hungry?" Forget what it's called now. Better edit that I'll find too. it and
1: put it in show notes for
2: you. <clears throat> you can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and I think the different cultures, like the Ayurvedic that Deepak Chopra um, works with, um, is brilliant. It's been there for centuries eons, thousands of years. Um, Part of the original nutrition course when it got into the metaphysics started to talk about Chinese culture and wisdom and I got very much involved in reading about the I Ching and which was a a way of playing with cards or lines to give answers from your nervous system to in, put it into real words for you.
1: So you're trying to find ways for the body to more easily communicate with us?
2: Yeah, there's hundreds, thousands mm. of ways and um, tarot cards are another way.
1: The thing I love about kinesiology and always have is that there is a very matter-of-fact, um, factual element to the way the body works and the way that we want to understand it. But then on the flip side of that, there is an understanding and a belief system that there is so much more than just us and there's a merger between the two for me. And I've always found that when somebody says to me, and this is years ago, I want to start working on myself or I want to, you know, I I want to... I would probably tell them to go to a kinesiologist first even before a therapist at times because I find that it is, regardless of which way they're going to get benefits from... I find that if somebody is unsure about this type of work or looking somewhere outside a GP's office or desk, that it does offer a bit of both. And, and even if really the core of it does come from spirit or metaphysics or that there is more, and it probably depends on what kind of kinesiologist you are, with, with which That's muscle true. you flex, but there is a real offering for you to approach it from the outside of someone that might not have done this work before without it being too, um, what's the word I'm looking for, intimidating or maybe even they don't believe it.
2: The client doesn't have to believe in kinesiology for it to work.
1: Which is just hilarious in itself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't understand how microphones work mm. or computers. I don't need to. It's mm. a tool. Mm. Um, And it's just makes life easy Hmm. so I think kinesiology takes the guesswork out of things and a lot of people come with physical problems they've either got um, a digestion problem they've got um, a respiratory issue they've got a skin rash
1: do you find often that they're at that point where they've tried a lot of other things?
2: Oh, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have often been somewhere and they've said up, done everything, but they haven't tried kinesiology yet. <laughs> and one of the benefits that I now recognise is doing different modalities because it is like a bowl of spaghetti or a tangled ball of wool. Mm. There's many ways it got tangled up. And... You can't just go in and say, oh, work on your sore knee because the sore knee is just the end result of some other inflexibility or some contraction in life. So we connect the dots, I think. It may take a series of appointments to do it, Uh but once you've unravelled the main um, problem that a client has They'll say, well, can you now work on this? I want to do this project and I don't know about how to start it. So they could be starting a business or um, changing career or getting into a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And we can help them before they get into the struggle of (laughs) whatever Mm. they perceive is the problems facing them when they start a new career. It's like changing your diet, if mm. you eat.
1: Or shifting the road, I think, is a nice way to look at it too.
2: Shifting the road.
1: Well, yeah. getting on a different path, you know, yeah. physically, that yes. you kind of go, OK, I'm driving down this road and I'm getting the same result. And it helps you get onto a brand new road with a brand new view, often a better song. Yeah. You know, it's a different tune.
2: Different tune, yeah. different road, different mm. path.
1: Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you if you could share with the listeners one particular tool that you could put in their toolbox that they would walk away from this episode being a better better person, really, or well-equipped, what would it be?
2: Well, we've got a couple of very basic tools, and the first one is holding your forehead and the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And do slow breathing. Now I can send you a document that I've got. Mm-hmm. That explains how people can do this if mm-hmm. you'd like to have it. Mm-hmm. I um, think
1: I've even got diagrams on my own website. From I've <laughs> learnt this from you and from Deb, another kinesiologist. Right, yes. but, so, but yeah, the document. We'll put something in show notes to give you a link of where you can yes, see so the example.
2: But the examples. That's a simple example. The other. And people, and people should do that because...? Because when you hold the forehead, that brings into action or activity the front lobes of the brain. And this is where new information comes in and this is where you make decisions about what you may choose to do. Holding the back of the brain is the visual memory area and it'll bring up all the past issues as a picture form because the rain remembers in image form mm-hmm. and it'll bring up all the images of past failures and issues when, you're, when you were confronted with something like this. Hold your head front and back and start the slow breathing. In for the count of four or five, hold it for two, out for four or five, hold it for two and repeat that eight more times. And you'll find that your brain has settled down enough to actually bring into conscious awareness something you need to look at.
1: Right, right. And I think that's a really awesome one. I talk about this a lot on the show about finding your inner friend and being in investigative or being curious about whether it's if you know whether you find it by accessing information about the gut brain or whether you find it from listening to music that feels great for you there's plenty of ways for you to access but this is one very good one that's a very quick easy way for you to have something present itself to you without you necessarily having to dig or overthink don't have to overthink anything to find it Yes. That's right, and that's what I have had to learn. My way to get ahead in life was to control as much as I could, so I would overthink everything to try and strategize ways. And I'm talking about friendships, jobs. It wasn't just like business. I, mm. You know, I would, I would overthinking is essentially a form of strategize. You know, it's not letting things stay at a natural pace and giving yourself the ability to receive information. It's overthinking to control. Well, and I've had to learn very much that in order for you to receive information, you actually have to have practices in place. So it's not going to happen that you just stop thinking and then it's going to come. Just like you strategize or choose to overthink as it is an action, you also have to action receiving, if that makes sense. So you think something's coming at you, but you actually need to action the, the open space or the, the calm for something to actually present itself.
2: It's the calm you're looking for mm. because when you're overacting and overthinking things, you're looking at survival. Mm. And it's a very basic instinct of how we survive, and breathing is a major component of that. Under stress, most people either hold their breath or they shallow breathe mm. and they turn off energy to the brain so they don't think clearly and they get ready to run or to fight Mm. so you have to relax enough to stop that sympathetic nervous system response and turn on the parasympathetic nervous system which is the calm the rest the digest but most people who are hyped up in control poor digestion
1: and which is so many people and I think that is your space of calm to be able to, and that's when things will come to you. Mm. Um, But I think it's so important. I say this so much on my Instagram and socials is that that space is to an action. You know, I think we think when it comes to meditation or feeling calm or feeling at ease, that those things should just happen for us. And that when we don't stress about something that will just come, Mm. that part takes work too, or at least a practice.
2: Yes, I suggest meditation to my clients as well. And a lot of them are are unfamiliar with it. Other people are familiar. And I think it's just quiet time. It can be a five-minute meditation to begin with. It's just turn off the brain, start to breathe.
1: Meditation by far is the most common answer now to this tool question. It is. It's just one of those things that... I think is really important because a lot of the people that are coming on the show, like yourself on this new show, are really about not wanting the same of one version. We all are here striving for people to find their own inner spark, to be able to paint the town with whatever colour they want to paint it with Perfect. and we live in a world and the work that you do and the work that I want to share that of people like you that do is about not Thinking we have a certain way. But when you access meditation or when you start to put in a principle or a practice around that, you are able to then shine your light however you wish. Mm. And the only reason a lot of people, like the two of us, go on about meditation isn't because this is the way to be peaceful. It's actually the way for you to be you.
2: That's perfect.
1: And I think that's something that is only becoming more prevalent the more I do the show. I've believed it, but by sitting alongside people I admire like yourself and that have done this work for so many years, it's now interesting to watch the more, the deeper I get into the show and the more people I speak to, that that truly is the way that you are able to take responsibility of how you find your purpose, how you tap in with yourself, how you can self-soothe, how you can, you know, workshop through stresses with as little as conflict as possible, all these types of things that we're looking for answers for very much can start with a bit of breathing. Yes. Yeah, I felt really compelled to say that because I I can't believe, yeah, it's quite phenomenal how many people are coming back to that response.
2: Well, breathing is um, essential, (laughs) isn't it? Really, it's essential to life. You can Mm. go without food and water for Mm. weeks or days, but you can't go without breathing, Mm. so... The breathing and the breath work really helps to engage the whole body and brain together. Mm. Yeah. So the oxygen that you bring into the deeper lobes of the brain, of the deeper lobes of the lung, um, actually help to energize everything in the body. It oxygenates the blood better, and it helps all the functions to work better
1: Mm. Uh, Geraldine Gallagher it's been an
2: absolute pleasure to have you in my home it's been a pleasure to come into your home and into your studio
1: Yes, it's a
2: whole new experience for me
1: I'm so glad you said yes Um, and I thank you very much for all the work you've done with all your clients but in particular the work that you've done with me it's been incredibly valuable
2: so I thank you thank you
0: This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.